Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Lecture 11, Mark 15, 9-15. We don't deserve the gospel. Well, we'll be in... um. Mark, this we're ending Mark today. Yep, we're ending Mark, and I want to cover Mark 15, verses 9 through 15. Mark 15, verses 9 through 15. So we're ending Mark. Let's do a little recap. So it's, it's, it's what if, and so basically what would be the, what would be the message of the New Testament? If it only consisted with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are commonly known as the Gospels, which are accurately known as the Gospels. And later on during this series, I'll, I'll push or bump against the plural Gospels, as we call it today, and prove how it's just simply one Gospel. And these guys spoke the one Gospel from four different um, vantage points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's one Gospel. They... They would have, in the first century, they would have never said there's gospels, plural. It was a gospel. And so, and we'll, we'll, as we go on, I'll prove the gospel culture and all the things like that. However, 
So it's, it's going to be pretty interesting today because, Mark, remember we said, I said a couple of, well, this is the 10th week, so that would be five, four weeks ago I said how Mark, most scholars believe Mark was the first to write his gospel. And uh, Mark, excuse me, Matthew and Luke uh, wrote some other gospels, I mean, wrote their gospels as well, especially with a little redaction means they looked at Mark and did some changes. And so it's very interesting that we get to Mark, and I want to cl- close Mark with this particular um, instance where we are. And if you have a Bible that has subtitle, this is where Pilate delivers Jesus Christ to be crucified. And so what is this gospel? How is this gospel? Who is this gospel? Where is this gospel? Why is this gospel? All these questions we can ask and there be accurate questions. Mark chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. Mark chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. Now, today we're going to be in the Bible, literally. Um, we're going to actually do a lot of exe- exegetical work. Well, not a lot, but, but let's get some good exegetical work with, this, with these uh, verses. And so, what if? Like, what if the Bible only contained the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And then what would be the message of the, the gospel? So let's read Mark 15, verses 9 through uh, 15, and I'll read from the English Standard Version, but it, it, it gets very interesting, and then I'll, I'll title this here, and we'll see. Oh, you want to read it? But Pilate answered them, saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for England. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barbos unto them, Barabbas. And Pilate answered and said unto them, uh, said again unto them, What will ye then that I should do unto him whom you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil have ye done? And they cried out, The more exceedingly crucify him. And so Pilate willingly to content the people released battle for Barbara's unto them and delivered Jesus when he had served him Okay, so there's a lot going on here. Um, there's a whole lot going on here. First off, let's explain briefly why Jesus Christ was crucified without the theology. Uh, now, we know he was crucified for the part of our sins, and, and there's a couple of different ways to uh, get, get different ways to look at how justification played out, whether he was the ransom for our sins or the, the victors, Christ's victor. Uh, all these ways are, are totally acceptable and, and, and approved by the church itself. But take the theology out. Let's look at the historical reason why Jesus Christ was crucified. and It'll help set up this gospel uh, and this, this particular lesson. In the beginning of the gospel, especially you see Matthew, you have King Herod. Okay, And so in the beginning was kings. But then the Roman Empire uh, decided that there would be no more kings inside of their empire. There's only one king. Uh, there's, you know, there's only one Caesar Augustus or, or Caesar, excuse me, Caesar, Caesar Augustus was one of the uh, Caesars, but there's only one, and everybody else would be subservient or treated right citizens of this Roman Empire. Rome runs the world, and so instead of kings, Rome put governors into the position. This is why you have governor. Pontius Pilate. And the governor basically had two jobs to do. That was it. 
get the king, get Caesar's money, and keep riots down. That, that was it. Because, because when you're running so many people in such vast land, what you don't want is a coup. What you don't want are riots. You don't want one providence. One, you, don't want the, you don't want the Jews stirring up trouble because where there's fire, it spreads. So if it starts with the Jews, and it goes to Samaritans, and then, you go, and then what you wind up happening is everybody wants to fight, and now Rome has a problem. They have to send more resources, send all these things. It's just like when you're in school and you saw a fight happen in school. Once one fight happened, others would break out because of something about fire like that. It just spreads, and everybody gets all antsy. And then this is exactly why police have trouble controlling riots, because once people are thinking as a group, it's hard to get them to think straight. They start to do what psychologists call groupthink, to where they would normally be calm. Now that the group is throwing and breaking windows, now we're all going to break windows because we're hidden in the group, so to speak. So here you have it to where Pontius Pilate is in a peculiar situation. He's trying. This is why the King James Version says he, he, he is definitely trying to please the Jews in order to keep the riots down. The Jews have their own agenda. We need to hurry up and get rid of this troublemaker because, this, of course, G Jesus Christ is this troublemaker, so capital T, because uh, he, he can't just be a troublemaker. He's like the, the greatest troublemaker as far as that goes. And they have their own agenda, two of them uh, specifically. They need to hurry up and crucify him because their hands can't touch what is unclean because Sabbath is on its way. They need the Passover to happen. They need to be clean in order to participate. And then at the same time, here's this... Here's this man pretending to be God. That's against the Bible. God's never going to free us from the Roman Empire. We're never going to be kings over ourselves as long as this man is pretending to be the king of us. And so now he's unbiblical. So in the last time, every time we're unbiblical, what does God do? He sends someone to oppress us. And so you have it to where now, just like in the Babylonian captivity, just like in the book of Judges, you have it to where Rome is over us. So clearly we're sinning. So let's stop sinning. And then God would make us over ourselves. And this Jesus guy is the chief sinner among us. And then you have the Sadducees who have their own agenda. Well, he's just stopping us from making money. We're, we're, we're eating off these taxes, and he's just stopping us from doing that. So you have all this going on, and all this comes into this massive head and this massive plate, and it's right here in this text now. And if you look at verse 9, he has to literally answer them saying, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? do? Do I need to... I release somebody every year, right? I, I, here's Barabbas. Here's one. And, 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 of course, if you look at the other gospel, what, what I like to call a gospel gumbo when you fuse them all together and get a big picture of the story, you go, well, they're chanting crucify him, but he, Pontius Pilate has somebody on his right, somebody on his left. Jesus is innocent. Uh, Barabbas is guilty, clearly guilty. And they're, they're calling out for Barabbas. No, let, let's go him. And then so Pontius Pilate speaks into existence this gospel, and, and it's here, and, and Mark captures it. He is literally saying, Jesus did nothing. But before he, before he declares with his own mouth that Jesus is not guilty, right? Because this is, this is what we're going to, we celebrate this today. We celebrate in the 21st century the unguiltiness of Jesus Christ. But before we ever proclaim that he was not guilty, Pontius Pilate himself says, but he's done nothing wrong. So, so, here, so, 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 so here's Mark. Mark is trying to, Mark, throughout Mark's entire gospel, Mark is trying to prove that everybody recognized Jesus, 
but the people who were supposed to recognize Jesus. And so here you have it, this pagan Roman governor recognizes that Jesus is innocent, but the Jews find him guilty. That's that's insane. So so if I if, so the title at least to put a, a title on this one, I want to prove t- today this this tenth exercise of what is the gospel. The gospel is something we do not deserve. God orchestrates this gospel, and we did not deserve it on any level. Now 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 watch it because. Pontius, he doesn't deserve it because he's outside the, the will of God. Well, he's outside the, the, the people of God because he's not of Hebrew descent. He's, he, he, he's not a, a God believer. He doesn't believe in Yahweh. He, he certainly doesn't believe in Christ. But what he recognizes for sure is that this king of the Jews, Pontius Pilate, according to the book of Mark, actually calls Jesus the king of Jews. He, he claiming to be the king of Jews. You claim he's the king of Jews. I'm just going to call him. What, you, what do you want me to do? With this king, <laughs> exactly. And in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew written over his head was Jesus, the king of the Jews. And this is powerful. Mark is pointing out, yet again, that even Pontius Pilate recognizes Jesus Christ's role, but the Jews did not. Pontius Pilate, who, who's never been in a synagogue, who's never participated in a sacrifice, who's never read that, G, that God parted the Red Sea, who's never heard anything about the story of Israel, who's never seen a single miracle of God, at least consciously, that he would know, recognizes that this king is innocent. Amen. But the people who should recognize that the king is innocent, the people who have seen um, Jesus, I mean, God do great things for them. The people who have had their sins pardoned and, and, and released from them and the guilt released from them because of animal sacrifices, the people who have a personal relationship with God, the people who heard every story about what God did for them, how God brought them out of Egypt, how God brought them through Egypt, and how God brought them through the wilderness and to the promised land are the people who don't recognize that Jesus is king. And that's powerful. So they don't deserve what Jesus is about to do, and neither do we. Because as much as we would like to judge them, we still don't recognize the full kingliness of Jesus Christ. We, we love the fact that he died, but we don't let him run our lives. Because, because the truth is, if, if, if we are, there would be more people in this church if that was the truth. There would be more people in all churches if that was the truth. There would be no wars if that was the truth. That we wouldn't spend $50 billion in defense while people in one of the greatest countries in the world starve while money is going to tanks we don't even use. We, there are things that we just wouldn't do if we respected and recognized the true kingliness of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Pontius Pilate says, listen, um, what do you want me to do with this, this, this king, the Jews? And verse 10 says, for he perceived that this was envy that had Jesus. It, it, it was, they were jealous. They, something about what this king was doing made the people who he was ruling over jealous with him, at him. And there it is again. 
that we have it to where God's been so good to us and we still mistreat him. <laughs> Here we have it to where this gospel is amazing. This, we don't deserve it. These Jews don't deserve it. In fact, let's keep it in the first century. These Jews have no idea that God has already acted on their behalf. They, well, at least not, not all the Jews, some of them do realize that, but not these, not the ones that could have stopped Jesus' crucifixion. These Jews recognize that Jesus is guilty and they're envious and they want him dead and they miss the fact the one they kill is the one they should worship. Amen. Lord have mercy. And so Paul says, well, 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 listen, I mean, Paul, Mark says, listen, this you've missed him. Even Pontius Pilate understood that this is the king of the Jews and he recognized that you should be nicer to him, but you're envious of him. That's powerful. It's powerful that a pagan has more respect for the innocence of Jesus the king than the Jews who are supposed to worship and serve the king. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible, but it still happens today. It still happens today. We, there are still some people outside the church that have more respect for the church than some people inside the church. Let's, 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 see, if I can, let's see if I can hurt a few feelings and make that make a little more sense. In the Christian, if you, if you study some statistics, as far as Christianity goes, we are commanded by God to give 10% of our income. On average, Muslims give about 17 to 20% of their income to God. They give more than Christians do, and we're supposed to be the giving people. Amen. Amen. This is the, okay. Let's 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 do it. Let's do it. Jehovah Witnesses. Now, now my, my theology is conservative, uh, and I don't mean to offend anybody. I am a, a card carrying, not seeing creed uh, Christian, meaning that if you don't affirm God the Father, God the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, then you're outside the realm of Christianity. Um, so if you believe that Jesus is the firstborn creation and not the son of God himself, that that's not Christianity. OK, that's 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 just me. Me and offend anybody, but I'm very conservative in my beliefs and in the Bible. And the Bible clearly says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. It does not say God created the word. Amen. OK, so Jehovah Witnesses are not Christians by anybody who, 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 is, who, who recognizes the Bible as the one truth. They're not. They, what they are, are are something different, but that's okay. I'm not trying to talk about them, but here's what I'm saying. They do a lot of amazing Christian things that the Christ people don't even do. You can't beat a Jehovah Witness in learning about their Bible. You, you can't. They have... They, they, they spend all their time listening to the word, preaching the word, getting the word. They go on mission trips. They do two years, uh, even, even the Mormons, right? The Jesus Christ letter of the saints. Before you can become that, um, by 16, 17, 18 years old, you got to go on two years of just riding a bicycle and going on missions and evangelizing, knocking on doors. Are you familiar with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And what do Christians do? We sit in church and we expect somebody else to invite somebody else 
to church, right? And so, I'm not, and in no means am I trying to bash the church, the church, Big C Church, but I'm proving something here that Mark, Mark is saying that Pontius Pilate recognized that Jesus Christ was the king. Well, he called him king of the Jews, so at least he, rec- at least he, at least he wants to call him that. The people trying to crucify him don't even want to call him that. And then Pontius Pilate for sure recognized, at least according to this text, we're in Mark uh, chapter 15, 9 through 15. It, even Pontius Pilate recognized that Jesus Christ is innocent. So here you have it, this pagan is doing more for Christ than the Jews are doing for Christ. And my argument is we still do that today. And my even more argument is for today's lesson, this gospel, whatever it is, we don't deserve it. Amen. We don't deserve it now. We didn't deserve it then. We didn't, we didn't even deserve it when we were perfect like Adam. When Adam was perfect before he ever sinned, he did not deserve for God to make him perfect or even to make him at all. So before it is a non-competitive model here. Is it, it, we don't deserve Mark 15 and then 9 through 15. Mark 15, 9 through, 13, 9 through 15. And so here's the deal. We don't deserve God's goodness. Therefore, we don't deserve his gospel. We don't. We, even when we were in the Garden of Eden, we still didn't deserve it. And there had not been no sin yet because God didn't have to create Adam. Is that clear? Amen. So whatever God has been doing, even when we were without sin, we still didn't deserve his goodness. Does that make sense? Now, now, so if it doesn't make sense, then your theology is a bit uh, liberal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit liberal. If you think you deserve the goodness of God, you think too highly of yourself. Um, and I, again, I don't mean that, and I say that with the greatest of respect, but we don't deserve this gospel because God acted on our behalf, not us on his behalf. So we don't deserve to go to church and say, well... I'm here, and you ought to be glad that I showed up today. Amen. Amen. It's because God didn't have to move for us on any level. Amen. And so here you have it. Pontius Pilate is saying, listen, this, this, just, this, this, this king of the Jews, this, this guy is innocent, yet the people who were supposed to recognize that he was innocent are the ones who are yelling, crucify him. Verse, verse 13. And... They cried out again, crucify him. Now, 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 I know all of you are intelligent and, and you have common sense. So if you cry out again, that means you cried out before. Okay. <laughs> so, so exactly. Many times. So that means not only did they cry out to crucify him once, but they did it over and over and over again. And over and over and over again, Jesus Christ still stood there and gave them the gospel when they did not deserve it. So what is this gospel? What, what, what would be the message of the New Testament if it only contained Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? So that this, this is more than justification. This is more than justification by faith. This is more than just accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is, this is, this is way more. This is, here's this king that even Pontius Pilate says, which one we do with this king of the Jews? Even wrote over his head in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, king of the Jews. And the Jews didn't even want to call him the king. His whole name said 
king. Every bit of, every bit. Jesus, God who's, the one who saves, God who saves. His name in itself says he is saving his people. And then his Christ title literally means anointed one, literally, which is Hebrew for Messiah, which literally all means king. So literally, his name in itself, where every time you spoke the name Jesus Christ, he is saving his people because he's the king. The greatest gift of the kingdom is not peace, it's not love, it's not church, it's the gift of the king. The kingdom of God's greatest gift is Jesus Christ himself, which is the king. Because you're unworthy, and you proved you couldn't be kings with God, and then you proved that you couldn't even listen to God as he ruled over us, and then God still sent his king not to be kingly over you, but to die like no king has ever died in order for you to be a king one day. And, and, so, and so this gospel, this, this, this gospel is way, way more than saying Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. It's way more than that. It's, it's way more than saying he died for me. It is the king showed up and we didn't deserve it. Like that's, that's a big chunk of this gospel is you do not deserve this gospel but God sent it anyway that is profound that is the greatest love that can ever be shown Jesus Christ says himself what greater love is this than a man who would lay down his life for his friend before Jesus ever gave his life he already laid it down but he didn't he didn't my, my, my prayer my desire is for you not to see that Jesus just came and died. I need you to understand that Hebrews chapter 8, specifically 8, but chapter 6, 7, point 2, 8, literally say that Jesus was already a king, that he was already in heaven, that he was already robed in majesty, that he was already living a high life, and that he chose to give up everything that was perfect, everything that defined him, everything that was him, everything that made him a king, he gave it up and put on us. Now, let me be honest with you. I am not that saved. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just tell you, uh, I, I, I get I'm not supposed to, I get I'm not supposed to talk like this as a pastor. I understand. Um, uh, I would never give up heaven to, to come back to earth. Let me just tell you straight up. And then if you're going to make me the man in heaven, like, like the man, like the one, like so you mean, because like, I'm, I'm I want to paint the picture for you, right? You, you, you got to think about it for a second. He was the man in heaven. Like he like, people worshipped him, and, he, and the world didn't even exist without him. And even the angels gave him his proper praise. And then you telling me to give that up and be a peasant? No, no I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but this is what Jesus did. So this gospel is way past just accept what you're your, your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's biblical. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. We need to accept that Jesus Christ is Lord, but that's part of the gospel. And that's also not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So what is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John saying about the gospel? Because we call them adequately the gospels. So not 
Not let's think about what, what Paul says about the Gospels. What do Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John say about the Gospel itself? And before they ever said, confess to Christ, they all said unanimously, the Christ came. Before you ever were worthy enough to confess his name, he made sure he became a peasant so you could. That is profound. That it, is, it is the greatest story ever told. It is exactly why we keep telling this story every Sunday <laughs> for 2,000 years. We've been telling this story over the same story. The, listen, listen. If you, don't think how, if you don't think how amazing this story is, let me prove it to you with just no theology, just some common sense. Science has changed over and over and over again. Earth was flat, now it's round. Uh, no cars, now we have cars. You can't break the four-minute mile. Everybody breaks the four-minute mile. You, science has changed. We can't fly. Now we fly. But this Bible has never <laughs> changed. <laughs> we, look, we have so many theories on top of theories on top. There are scientists. Lit, there are literally science who, scientists who make their living proving wrong other scientists who came before them. Amen. You cannot prove this Bible wrong. It, it, you, it hasn't changed. Because it's the greatest story ever told. And what is this story? A big piece of this story, at least according to this last part of Mark, Mark 9, excuse me, Mark 9, chapter, Mark 15, verses 9 through 15 is where we are, for those of you just coming in. A big piece of this is the Christ came and we didn't deserve it. Look at it, verse 13, and they cried out, crucify him, cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted more, crucify him. Now, here's what Mark is trying to tell you. Mark is saying it's very simple. Listen, this pagan governor, this, this governor on his way to hell, recognizes that the king is innocent. But the people who have a personal relationship with God wants my king dead. And I'm afraid that we haven't changed too much. I'm, 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 afraid, I'm afraid that we know every answer to the test because we have, we have the whole answer key. From Genesis to Revelation... We have the whole answer key. We have every answer to the test, and I'm afraid we still fail. I'm, I'm afraid that we know that we should circle C on our scantrons, and we're so wicked that we say, I don't want to circle C. I'm going to circle E, all the above, so I can do what I want to do. <laughs> Amen. This is, this is what we do. We, we, we have the answer, but we don't follow it because... We're wicked, and we don't deserve it. But Jesus still showed up with the answer, is the answer, became the answer, died for the answer, rose again for the answer, and we still refuse to identify and recognize the answer. I'm afraid that as much as we love to preach and judge the people in the first century, we have not only the first century, we're 20 centuries beyond that. 
with all the answers and we're no better than them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we are worse than them. We, and, 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 it's out, and it's really a terrible part on our behalf because we have their stories. We, we have, we, you know, we're on the other side of the cross. We're on the right side of the cross to where we know we already have the victory and we're still losers. That makes no sense. But like I was telling somebody this morning, it does, yeah, yeah, you know, like I was telling somebody this morning, God is just so awesome that he knows you're going to mess up and he still sent you the gospel. That, let me, let me, let me confess again and, and give me, give, 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 give me three more minutes and we out of here. Give me, do you know what I would do to you if I was your God? Let me, let me, let me, let me break it down. I need to, I need to let you have it just for a second because, because you got to understand, you, you, ha- you have to understand, I, I, and, and I get it, I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, and, and, and for the most part, I do a good job, but I still got an ego. I, please don't, don't, please don't let the pastor title fool you, the suits fool you, there's an ego somewhere in here. Let me show you, yeah, edging God out, right, let me show you how this ego would show up. Now, first off, I made this world for you. Now, I ain't have to, but I did. Secondly, I give you everything you have, and you never tell me thank you. Thirdly, I'm always forgiving you, and you turn around doing the same stuff that I keep forgiving you for. Then I had to sit up here and fix all your problems that you created yourself, and I told you not to create those problems. Then I tell you I'll never leave or forsake you, but you're always asking me, God, if you're there, show me a sign. I told you how to do it. At some point, y'all will get on my last nerves. It'll just, it just be, it ain't personal, and I'll do, what I'll do is, I know what I'll do, you know what, it, Tony got to go. He just, I gave him way to me. This is his five billionth chance. It's done. I, I'm, I'm done. He's done. I gave him five billion times. He didn't want to do right. Five billion, that's a lot. And Jesus says, no, 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 give him one more. <laughs> give him one more. Hold on, hold on, Father, give him one more. That's amazing. And that's the gospel. The gospel, that, that's a big chunk of the gospel. It is not just, we put too much emphasis of the gospel in your movement of it. If you accept the gospel, then you will somehow make God a better person or a better being. And I'm not saying that doesn't have truth because it's biblical. It is biblical for you to accept. But I'm saying before you were ever alive enough to accept, you didn't deserve it. You're dead and God sent it. And that's amazing because let me encourage you because I just beat I just beat you up a whole lot for 30 minutes. Let me encourage you. With that being said, you could never disappoint God. Now let me prove that before you throw stones at me. If you if God knows that you were going to do it, if God knows everything wrong with you, if God knows what you're going to do tomorrow, if he knows you have a sin nature, if he knows you got an ego, and if he knows everything and every place and every point in time, how can he be disappointed when he already saw it coming? Okay. In order for you to disappoint me, you have to do something I didn't see coming. That, that's what disappointment is. You shocked me. How dare you do this to me? I'm disappointed in you. But since God already knew that you were going to do whatever you're going to do tomorrow, 
that you have no idea that you're going to do tomorrow, but he knows it, you're going to do tomorrow, and you're going to do it, you will not disappoint him tomorrow. Neither have you disappointed him today. He already sent his part of the gospel. All you have to do is accept what he already freely gave. So that's your challenge. Your challenge is stop, it's two parts. Stop beating yourself up for what God has already forgiven you for. Amen. Amen. You, you, you struggle with this, alcohol, drugs, you struggle with sin, and you never let yourself get past it, and you beat yourself up, and God has already said, my child, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I've been loving you for a long time. I still love you, and I'll prove to you how I love you. If you just pick up the book, you'll already see my love was already dispatched your way. So that's your first part. Forgive yourself for what God has already forgiven you for. Secondly, accept the fact that he already sent to you his gospel. Because how can you receive what you have not accepted? When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out 
uh, review and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.